Dexter premiered on Showtime on October 1st, 2006. Let's put 53 minutes on the clock. Pilot study with Chris and Grimes. They're talking all of your favorite shows. But only the pilot episode. That means the first show. In case you didn't know. You never know what show they're gonna talk about. But they're only gonna talk about the first one. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Hello and welcome to Pilot Study episode number 39. My name is Chris Lantinen and I'm your host and I'm joined as always. He doesn't have feelings, but if he did, they'd be for his foster sister. It's Grimes! Indeed. Was that right? Is it, is it his foster sister? Is, is that what Deborah is? Uh, yes, foster yeah. slash adopted. I don't know the terminology. Mm. Now, we should mention that we're almost hitting this on the 10-year anniversary. Like, we've already did our anniversary episodes for this season, but we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that we're also doing this, not as a, not intended as a 10-year anniversary, but it happened to work out. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't even think of that, but yeah, yeah that makes sense. It must have been around this time. And I feel like I've seen articles and i've definitely seen some quote-unquote think pieces that are (laughs) that are mostly about how the final season and the finale ruins people's previous memories of dexter where do you fall in that camp of like how much can a finale color the early seasons of a show and perhaps ruin them for you or perhaps make them better in this case ruin for me personally, I, I won't say that it ruined it because starting in season five, it progressively got worse, like five, six, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like already pretty bummed out, even though I stuck with the show the whole time. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I hated the finale, but I can see it for what it is. I mean, I know as obviously a TV genius like yourself, um unlike the pilot the finale is difficult i mean you've got so many expectations you have millions of fans you have this story that everyone including the actors are so heavily invested in and they they botched it man they really this fucked up the dexter finale i think that's pretty you know i haven't met any dexter fans that are like it was awesome yeah like no i'm i'm on the other side it was great no nobody exists like that at least like with lost it's like a very even it's not an even breakdown a lot of people think they botched it as well but there is like a core group of fans that truly believe in that finale even if they don't believe in the final season as a whole they like the finale and the message and i think it's the same thing with like breaking bad and i wasn't yeah. i wasn't really a fan of the breaking bad finale but it has its oh, really? fans no yeah, i like it. we can talk about it at some other point um but dexter, do that show. dexter seems to have no fans of the finale no. it's insane and, and like you said, I mean, I would say leading up to it, the season was okay. I mean, there were bright yeah. spots in there as well, but yeah, they, it was just bad. But you, you can still enjoy the first season without yes. thinking like, God, they're going to fuck this up eventually. Yeah, because each season uh, kind of has its own finale anyway, mm. um, and those were usually pretty well done. You can count on those being um, good. good every year. So yeah, it doesn't shadow the whole show for me, but it definitely sucks. Okay, so obviously today we're talking about Dexter, a show I've never seen, a show you've obsessively watched. I love it. You've rewatched, and um, I want to start real quick with a new game I came up with. It's called Guess the Rent, okay? So the the rent we're guessing today is Dexter's apartment, and here are the details (laughs) that I'm giving you, all right? Okay. And it's not it's not a pure guess the rent. We will have like apartment monthly rental guessing games, but this is this is a condo, so it's a little bit different. So these are your details. It's eight two four zero Palm Terrace, apartment number ten B in Miami, Florida. It is an apartment house on the show, but it's condos in real life. So Grimes, I need your best guess. What is the real life price on this condo? Well, sir, as you know, I've lived many a place in yes. many a town. Yes. And I've paid some high-ass fucking rent. <laughs> yeah, but remember, we're not doing monthly rent. you got to give me like a full like house-like price. Oh, you to buy this beast outright? Yep, yep. buy the condo. Yep, outright. Oh, man. Because that's the price that I found on the internet. That's why I'm, gonna, okay, that's why so I'm going to go. Okay, so to own Dexter's condo, I'm going to say $1.25 million. 
a, a little high, a little high. <laughs> well, I mean, it's Miami. I don't know yeah. the neighborhood. Uh, in real life, it's the Bay Harbor Club Condos. They're located on Bay Harbor Island in Miami Beach, Florida. And, uh, and of course, he lives on the second floor in the show. The, this condo uh, consists of, or this place consists of 24 units, um, private park, a view of the bay, as you see in the show. It is selling, condo units are selling for 175000 to 325000 oh, <laughs> oh, 10 times too high. <laughs> <laughs> that is well, from a website called seeing-stars.com. I so, guess then, unlike most shows, yeah. he his career path, he could like realistically afford to live where he lives. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that was pretty realistic. His apartment is... Um, not like it's not like he lives in the whole building that right, we're right, today. Right. He lives in like a little tiny corner of it. Okay, so let's get on to Ooh. some specs real quick. Again, we will play guess the rent with some apartment, like some apartment uh, shows here. Uh, so it's based on a novel called Darkly Dreaming. Dexter Jeff Lindsay, who is the actual author of the book, is also credited as a writer here, along with James Manos Jr., who is the who is more so the creative force behind the TV version. He does the teleplays, etc. Of course, Michael C. Hall plays your lead. The director is a guy named Michael Cuesta, and he ended up doing five episodes of Dexter, five of Six Feet Under, so it looks like him and Michael C. Hall met before this. Um, eight of Homeland, and he also did a the Jeremy Renner movie, Kill the Messenger, where he plays that journalist. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, he's he's definitely been around the TV block. He's got his big screen shot, um, but he was the eye behind this episode. Um, let's go over real quick some of the other <coughs> actors in here. Um, Julie Benz plays Rita Bennett, who is second build in this first episode. Jennifer Carpenter plays Deborah Morgan. Of course, Dexter Morgan and Michael C. Hall. Uh, Laura Luna Velez is Maria LaGuerta, who is his commanding officer. James Remar is Harry Morgan, is the adopted father. C.S. Lee is Vince Masuka, who I believe is like another crime scene guy. Yeah. Uh, Margot Martindale pops up there for some some reason as Camilla, who works in the file room. And um, Sergeant James Dokes, a.k.a. (laughs) The guy who says fuck in every sentence is played by a guy named Eric King. So in terms of like if I continue to follow this season, who are the people who are first off, who are the people that pop out in this pilot for you? And then second question, who are the people that you feel don't get a lot of pilot run, but then they're given more as time goes on? Well, it's kind of crazy, but. Pretty much all the main like credited leads yeah. in the pilot are pretty solid throughout, um, other than Dokes. But Rita comes in at the end of the pilot, his girlfriend. Yeah, um, she becomes quite the main character till you know she's gone. <laughs> Don't um, spoil it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's so hard for me not to do spoilers, and if I do, I apologize let's that just, the show is 10 years old. Let's just imagine that whoever you say doesn't make it to the end is killed in a gruesome fashion. Most people <laughs> don't make it to the end. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's like a scary movie. Okay, gotcha. Um, but yeah, like, the pilot really does represent the fir- the show well. Like, the characters are are laid out nicely and they stick through mostly again, like throughout the series. So yeah, his sister is kind of like the down on, I mean, I see her as like the down on the luck version of Dexter, the one who has a lot of talent, has a brain, but can't seem to navigate like the office environment. Like Dexter's very good at putting on like an office face, I guess is what you'd call it, where like you're having a shitty day or you're a serial murderer and then you, <laughs> you go into work and you can smile and break donuts right. and like deal with dokes and all these different things. But she doesn't seem to have that, that know all. Right. She doesn't have the walls put up that he does. She's like a real human. <laughs> yeah. She, she takes in everything almost to an extreme yeah. degree. She feels it all too much, whereas he feels nothing at all ever. You know, I will say, like, since we're just talking about the general cast, a very good job at, okay, it's in Miami. Put some black people in this. Like, 
put some Hispanic people in this. Put Right, there's like one of each. Well, they made the checklist, you know, the network checklist. I'm sure, yeah, it was a checklist, and they're like, yes, we have to cast, cast a weird Asian guy, but... It's not ten white people, and you right. got you got to give them credit for that. Even though it's a very checklist oriented, and I don't think anyone's playing like an out and out stereotype. No, not too much. Yeah. They do they do a decent job of that. I mean, the cop stereotypes are funny, and they play right. that up a little bit. Right, but th- it's not based on skin color in right. any way. I yeah, no, th- but the characters are nice in this pilot. I will say the one person that does play the stereotype and you may not like me for this but dexter plays the stereotype he is yeah he does the serial killer thing to me he is or i kind of wanted to ask you about this as well but he the concept of the anti-hero obviously that is an overused phrase obviously we had draper and walter white and all these different people who have soprano soprano the age of the anti-hero is dying down right now and in 2016 that's basically that's okay i think i think we're good we've seen the best of them (laughs) we're good but is dexter is dexter peak anti-hero is (sighs) is he a character not not an execution mind you because that's walter white all the way right 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 is he peak anti-hero in concept like in in the fact that we're gonna make him so despicable we're not gonna give him any redeeming qualities and we're still gonna want you to cheer for him i think so because, yeah, eventually, you know, the code breaks down and he's just killing and he gets in all this shit like seasons down the road. Mm-hmm. And you really do have not many reasons to root for him anymore. Um, but, yeah, even though he only kills people who deserve it according to his code. Um, yeah, I think he is the peak of the worst Behave like Soprano killed people and cheated on his wife, but not like an ocean full of forty bags of dead people. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Like, yeah. Walter White sold some drugs. Okay, big deal. Probably going to be legal in ten years anyway. Right. <laughs> so, and this guy, yeah, he just straight up hacks. And I, I guess what what makes him seem like peak antihero and in, in his like core design and in the way he's portrayed, I think mo- mostly it's like the relationship with Rita. Like, mm-hmm. I, I guess, like, the killing thing would be one because he has these urges, and I don't really think they're that much different than sexual urges, which all of our antiheroes um, engage in besides Walter Wright. And I think Walter Wright would engage in it if he wasn't, if it wasn't Brian Cranston, you know? Like, you can't really have Brian Cranston, right. like, If it was Michael C. Hall, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He would be yeah. getting with women. I think his treatment of Rita and the fact that he is so he makes himself seem like he's available to her physically and emotionally. And he, he's just waiting for her to be ready. Cause uh, as they say in the episode, she was from like a domestic abuse relationship and didn't want anything, didn't want to do anything physical with her next relationship for a while. And that's why Dexter was attracted to her. Cause apparently Dexter is asexual. What, what is the deal with his sexuality or how, um, how, do, how do you, how do you take it in this pilot? I take the sexuality in the the whole series and the pilot as that is his sex. You know, like killing is his sex. So he doesn't really need the lady thing. And it it works out for him with Rita because she doesn't want sex anyway. I I don't know that he's asexual. And we do see, you know, obviously, again, later down the line, a little more like human sexuality from Dexter. But yeah, I, I think... It's not so much that he's asexual, he just has to murder people to feel, (laughs) he feels it all at once. Like, I guess when he kills people, it's like sex and the joy of killing and just like happiness and whatever that holds him over until the next time. Are we supposed to believe that, or are we supposed to take away from that scene in the car where he's like showing her where the cuts are that he is getting turned on? Yes. Like by description. I think so, yeah. Like, the idea even of killing and bodies and cuts and shit, like, gets him going. So, I don't mean, I don't want to tell Dexter how to run his life or anything, but, <laughs> like, if he wanted to keep Rita around and if he wanted to, like, be able to please her occasionally, couldn't he just, like, I don't know, like, kill someone, like, 20 minutes before and, like, kind of have, like, that leftover, like, arousal? Or maybe yeah. he, maybe he could, like, uh, bring some blood with him and just kind of, like, check it out for a little while. <laughs> Well, what or I some, always or thought, some pictures maybe. Yeah, something like that. Or maybe he could 
set up the kill and tie, you know, put them on the table and the plastic and everything, and then go over to oh, her place good. real quick. Yeah. <laughs> build that anticipation. Right. And I then like really, really enjoy the murder after. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked the, I did like the quick cutaway in terms of their relationship. I liked the quick cutaway of them. Like it, they were like eating pizza or something together. And they're like two feet away from each other on the couch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're almost like, like there's a weird brother sister thing going on, obviously, and I know that like kind of c- keeps going, but there's a very weird brother sister thing going on with him and Rita as well. Definitely, and at times her kids act almost as chaperones. Yes, well, they to keep them separated. <laughs> well, they basically saved him. According according to him, they saved him um, when they were actually going to get down to business. There, yeah, the sexuality thing was a little. I guess I didn't get why that needed to be a thing on top of the killing, on top of like <laughs> there was it was just a lot in the pilot, and the sexuality thing seemed to be like, all right, now it's getting like a little overloaded. Right, and it's such a a part of being quote unquote normal, I guess, right. to just be banging all the time. And Dexter just, you know, he's got better things to do. He's an antihero, bro. He doesn't even That's like right. sex. <laughs> yeah, but he he really is like he's peak antihero because he has no he feels no regret for any of his kills. Um, his code is obviously quite flawed from the very start. Like, I, I feel like this show would really. It hit well back then, but I feel like it would really hit well now because of this, that core mistrust he has, like, in the system. Right, yeah, they would play up, like, the cops being shitty. Yeah, they would, and, like, Dexter's core mistrust in the system and his core, like, uh, mistrust in their ability to do their job. Like, if he was really, like, operating by, like, this code, right, wouldn't he just give them or deliver really great tips in a way? Exactly. And and yeah, that comes up many times later. And it it sort of comes up um, in the pilot or not long after, too, because he's kind of just always the man on the spot. And that, that was in the pilot with the, the truck and the yeah, head and everything. Yeah, yeah. So at that time, yeah, he could have just started being like and at, they did try to to edit Dexter and put it on CBS because Showtime and CBS oh. are owned by the same people. Really? Yeah, yeah, they tried to make it, you can check that out, um, they tried to make it like a Sunday night show, like with all the other murder bullshit, like CSI, uh-huh. uh, and they like edited out all the swearing and made it like a 30 minute thing, I think, and huh. um, and I think they tried to play it up and edit it almost like that, like he wasn't really going to do all these killings, he was just going to kind of be like, hey, I helped you catch this guy, and then just edit over, like, the part where he stabs him. <laughs> well, I mean, when we... So, it didn't last long, but... When we have, like, Alex Jones running our presidency, and his, like, yeah. core, like, fan base is based around the fact that he thinks 9-11 is a hoax, like, they're obviously, like, mistrust in the government and, like, rallying against the system is at an all-time high right now. And I think yeah. Dexter kind of, like, fits right in with that. Um, oh, I had something else, But they too. still glorify the police in this in this series a lot like they it's just a lot i will say in the pilot they make them seem really really dumb for one for one reason alone and that is because <laughs> if dexter found that guy's website so quickly what what were the cops doing right what, what yeah like how doing? did they not yeah yeah I, I couldn't believe that like that was the only evidence that he needed was finding this website matching up a clearly defined tattoo like right, when right. they br- when they bring someone in don't they like mark down their tattoos immediately they definitely do and they take oh you many would know pictures of you and yes i'm a criminal <laughs> hey they document you quite well and make sure you're not gang related and anything yeah. like that so no but they would have his tattoo and that's the first thing dexter saw was like right in the light of the video i thought that was a little there. you know these guys are idiots if they didn't catch him before or had him and let him loose there is one thing that bothers me about Dexter and, and crime shows in general, and that's the idea of these gifted crime geniuses who can just, like, shut their eyes <laughs> and see the crime scene. I was or, about to say Hannibal. <laughs> or, yeah, or, like, a blood spatter. And, and I know that, like, science and all that shit, yes, you can tell impact and all mm-hmm. that shit from a blood spatter. But it's like in um, Homeland, she just puts on jazz, and then that, like, pieces together <laughs> everything. And and Dexter does go down that road a lot. Like 
like the tattoo, he just happens to see a valet who's working that day in the sunshine with his arm exposed. Yeah. Well, and then the, it's like, well that, that, that valet, they had brought him in before, and he was, true. He was like checking up on him again. He I was checking, but, you know, noticing that detail, yeah, obviously, yeah. like, duh. They're going to find that out day one and, like, did, did we go over look this? for porn shit. Did you watch Homeland? I forget. Uh, yeah, I watched a little Homeland, okay. yeah. Okay, gotcha. The first season, really, just the really crime. Yes, but it, the crime genius thing aspect of Dexter where, you know, he's a serial killer and he works in a police station and he's got, like, a body count upwards of who knows. Like, I don't even think they really ever say, but it's over 30. Yeah. Um, seems I, a little bit weird. I, I want to say... I want to say that Dexter has the opposite power of whatever Will Graham has. What was it? Complete empathy? Yes, yes. <laughs> like total yes. total empathy? Total empathy. Some ridiculous phrase. <laughs> okay, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was, in terms of like plot points, I don't think we've actually ever talked about this in, according to pilots. Do you prefer pilots that where the plot is wrapped up in a bow and you kind of get the the complete experience, including the ending satisfaction of having the characters resolve their issues or solve the case or whatever, or do you like them to present something longer, like uh, an unsolved mystery, an unsolved case, a relationship that is like just starting to bloom? I mean, do you prefer one or the other? Because Dexter kind of tries to mix both worlds with the small cases solved very quickly, and obviously the the presentation of something... Uh, more sinister and uh, longer reaching. Yeah, I like how they do that. That is one thing about Dexter. And I think, like we've said 10 years ago, yeah. this this was a little more groundbreaking that, than it would be if it came out now. But as they set up the pilot, that's how the seasons go as well. So throughout the season, there's typically one overarching main killer that he's after. And then every episode, they give you a little kill to hold you over. You know, okay. So um, the fact that they did it like that did the two kills and then the head and this ice truck thing, they set that up. I really liked that. And um, So that's, that, you know, that's, that's kind of how they structure their episodes, though. They continue the long, yeah. the long thing, the long burn, right. and they give you like some violence with like some shortly wrapped up stuff. Case of the Week. Some, kind of something stuff. where, Case of the Week, where he has to look up a website, five minutes mm -hmm. later, the guy's dead. That That is very similar to Hannibal in that they do especially in the first season they did have cases of the week but they continued to return to this father daughter um murder thing that was going on so that that is one similarity between those two shows that we've done and i do yeah and i do like that they show because for a show like dexter you know you've heard about it you might have read the book blah blah, blah like the guy kills it's all about blood and violence you want to see that right away and know that you're going to be getting a daily or like regular dose of it mm -hmm. Um, or else it's kind of pointless. And I guess other shows, you know, like a sitcom or something, like, yeah, they're gonna wrap that shit up in twenty-two minutes pretty easily. Did uh, are you were you a nip, a nip tuck guy at all? Is that a show that you watched? No, I missed that whole thing, man. Was, was that a Showtime thing, or was that like? I think a, that was FX. That FX, was when FX okay. was new, I think, yeah. and they were all edgy and showing butts <laughs> and blood. Well, this show really, really reminded me of Nip Tuck. I don't know if it was because of like. Um, it wasn't really the color palette. I'm trying to think of like the the way to phrase this. I don't want to say just like how bright it is, but both but shows, like stylized bright violence. Yeah, like, stylized bright violence, like almost like a more edgy version mm -hmm. version of like CSI Miami or some shit like that. But yeah, like, like if Showtime if Showtime bought it instead of CBS. Right. I think I think the the look of the shows is very similar, and they're like obviously their use of violence and blood is very similar but um, yeah. obviously in different avenues um michael c hall what are your what are your general michael c hall thoughts why hasn't he obviously he hasn't popped after this in any way he's on broadway right now singing david bowie songs in lazarus um, which is probably pretty cool oh he's a great singer like if you if you look up his colbert performance he's he's got he's got bowie down i mean he's he's got a good voice i'm just saying like yeah, a lot overall. Of TV, yeah, like a lot of TV stars at least make the jump for like a very short period of time, whether it's John Hamm and like comedies and that Keeping Up with the Joneses that bombed or Walter White and uh, Brian Cranston obviously got big screen work, Oscar nominated. Why not Michael C. Hall? Well, 
Or was you, he in stuff? I can't really remember. I mean, he was in stuff like Six Feet Under, I think, is the only other big thing people would know him from. Yeah, he's in yeah, he was in that. He was in this movie that came out this year that I guess is pretty good called Christine, but that's not by any means that's not like a big <laughs> a That's big not thing. like Winter Soldier. No, something. no, he's not the Winter Soldier. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I think there are some people and like obviously he made a shitload of money off Dexter, so maybe he's not yeah. motivated by that. Maybe he just doesn't get I mean, those are a couple pretty weird roles, so he might be kind of known as like the death mm-hmm. weirdo. Maybe people typecast him like that. But and just watch it. I've watched a lot of interviews and just Comic-Con panels and shit with this cast and I think some people in Hollywood, or maybe he really is weird or or whatever, but they want to, their image is just different. Like, I think he is, I don't know. I don't think it's for lack of ability or, like, mm-hmm. maybe even offers, but some people just do weird shit to do it. Yeah, he... He reminds me of, like, a David Arquette or something. It's, like, in Hollywood. <laughs> that's, a, that's a strange comparison. I like it. I guess... Yeah, but almost like why weren't they like they were in huge shit and you everybody knows who they are, but they aren't like a household name. Yeah, well, he he has some weird credits on his. um, First off, he has several performances under Six Feet Under. Like apparently he would sing on that show or something. I've I've never seen it either, but he's got some covers here. It looks like he directed one episode of Dexter. Do you have any idea which one it is? I have no idea. It's from 2013, I guess. It's called Every Silver Lining. So if you know mm. that one. Um, he was a narrator in a documentary called Hitler's War. And but Great. the but the actual like acting credits, they're they only go from two thousand three. He's only been in acting for thirteen years, which is a relatively short career given like if you think of like maybe Ryan Gosling as like a similar age person. Um and Gosling and in that time. Yeah, he's oh, been sorry. in everything in that time. Yeah, like Gosling, for sure, household name, movie star, mega guy. Yeah, well, and go ahead. But yeah, like this guy has just done basically two series, two cable series, and then some here and there shit. Uh, Michael C. Hall is actually nine years older than Gosling, by the way. Um, but nothing, no, nothing big. He was in that movie Gamer with uh, Gerard Butler, oh, and I, 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 I recently listened to a How Did This Get Made podcast, and they, they love Michael C. Hall in this movie. They, he I guess he really hams it up. Um, he was also in a Dexter video game. Tell me you've played Dexter the game. I have not played it. <laughs> I was not aware of its existence. It, it's, a, it's a PC game, I guess, and appara- oh, okay, apparently he like does the voice and everything, so that's, that's kind of cool. Um, but I do um, think this part... For him was iconic. I mean, it was yeah. so well cast. His voice, his his physical presence, his smirk, his smirk, his <laughs> just fucking ability to have that smile where he does look super normal in his little Hawaiian shirts and his box of donuts. Um, well, I think it, it's yeah. He does. It doesn't even really look like he's got that much coming up. He has a movie called Felt coming up, which is the story of Mark Felt, aka Deep Throat. And oh, okay. that's got like Liam Neeson and Diane Lane. So that, that looks like it could be a movie. I'm hope I'm hoping he pops at some point. I feel like he did a lot of work and he, I think he deserves it. He's also a cancer survivor. Is he? For what that's worth. Yeah. This wow. is a kind of a dick story. This is a, what a dick I am. So <laughs> one, one year, one year during um, like award season, we're watching the Emmys yeah. and Michael C. Hall is sitting there with a beanie on. And I was like, Okay, so now this fucking guy's like all, all famous and shit. He's gonna be wearing beanies and sunglasses inside. And this girl I'm watching with looks at me and she's like, He has cancer, asshole. And I was like, Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll never comment on a beanie again as long as I fucking live. <laughs> uh, no, I think that was a fair comment for the scenario. But I, you know, Dexter was yeah. like, it was like season two or three. This guy's getting famous. I'm like, okay, he was, you're all, he was all of a sudden in again. He was like prime Bono material. <laughs> yeah. Like, so anyway, uh, another new feature I want to introduce is a little something called random roles. Okay, so here we're going to take an actor or an actress from the show, and I'm going to bring up a little bit of that IMDb history. And I want to I want to basically pick one really random role an actor's been in and see if there's any discussion that can come of it. So the actor I picked this time 
His name is James Remar. He plays Dexter's dad. And I immediately recognized him, and I didn't know where mm-hmm. until I looked at his IMDb. <laughs> and I found the great movie. If I can, I want to make sure I pronounce it correctly, or I want to make sure I get the name correctly. It's from the early 2000s. It's like when I was in middle school, maybe, probably when you were in high school. And it's called Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh, no. Have, have you watched this? No, I recognize it, but not from that. First off, have you seen the original Mortal Kombat? No. <laughs> really? No, I love the game. Man, I, you, I rocked you, it on Sega hard, but I didn't see the film. You gotta watch the Mortal Kombat movies. They're ridiculous and actually kind of entertaining. Okay. Yeah. He. Um, so in the first Mortal Kombat, the character of Raiden is played by Christopher Lambert, and everybody loved him. But when they come back for the sequel, apparently they couldn't get Christopher Lambert back. So James Remar takes over. Oh, as no. Raiden, the guy who like flies across the screen and has electricity, <laughs> electricity and shit. He's he's not great in the movie. The movie's terrible. But damn, if I if I didn't love like video game movies when I was in middle school, like they could be the biggest piles of shit and I'd still be into it. Yeah, and you know, I'm surprised that like superhero movies, video game movies have not made that leap. Most of them are shit. Like they get really good stars in yeah. them. Because everyone's like, all right, this is going to be the one. We got this fucking. This is going to be the one, yeah. Yeah, like, we got the best game. We got fucking Affleck. We got yep. Damon. We got, like, fucking Jeremy Renner, whoever. And then it's a flop every time. It, nev- it never But that used well. to be how superhero movies were, too. There were a pile of shit superhero movies made, too, before they got really good. And th- there's a lot of, like, really close calls of movies that could be good. Like, I remember Peter Jackson, who directed Lord of the Rings, obviously and the hobbit unfortunately and he actually was planning to do like he was either producing or directing a halo movie um with the guy that did district nine so that was like really highly touted for a while like i mean and and the and the games have only gotten better stories throughout the years right, like right. they're only more storytelling based so i don't i don't know why i don't know why one at least one hasn't been good so I think part of it is because video games are competition for movies more so than like content. Yeah, it's 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 a hard adaptation because a lot of the stories, like ninety percent of the stories, are make no sense. Like if right. you if you actually, right. if, you if you there actually, is one, <laughs> yeah, if you actually like sat down and were like, all right, I want to read the actual story of Mortal Kombat, you're gonna get like two pages in and be like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. What's like, going on? There's a bunch of people fighting in an outdoor amphitheater. Yeah. Some of them are electric. Some of them can just like <laughs> gut you with a fucking spear. <laughs> Even like, I think the one that came the closest was that Warcraft movie that came out earlier this year. And of course, Courtney wanted to see it because she, played, she played it for such a. <laughs> I'm gonna tell her you said that for such a long time, and like all the Oof. all the elements were there for like something yeah. cool. They and always like, are. There all there was a couple really really just great scenes. And then it, it just got too caught up in like its own story and its own mythology. <laughs> like you gotta take the base idea and just fucking blow it up and write a movie, not not base it off so much of the lore of whatever the game is. Because oftentimes it makes little to no sense. Right. Yeah. Especially especially to someone who hasn't spent five years playing WoW. World well, of War, t- World of Warcraft. That is right. tying this back into Dexter, if we can. Mm-hmm. That was another problem, and you know, a lot of times when a show has a terrible finale, they they'll leak a rumor as the uh, like, there's going to be a movie. Don't worry, the ultimate cop out. You know, yeah. oh, maybe Netflix will buy it, or um, and they they pulled that movie shit with Dexter. Like Showtime was maybe going to make you know an in-house movie. And, and blah, blah, blah. has the movie strategy ever worked for TV? No, I ever. don't know that it's ever been done that i the, like of a show i've watched yeah i didn't watch that really on entourage and i guess sex in the city are the two big ones I, I i felt like there was like a couple more but nothing like the hbo ones seemed to actually go yeah like they yeah that's actually, those two are pretty big they seem to actually get green lit um I, I mean a lot of the other ones like threaten it like community or um Arrested development. Well, you know what I've really, what I've always thought would be cool is if like TV shows finished on a movie, 
Like yeah, it, yeah. Like it was planned that Game of Thrones was going to finish on like a two hundred million dollar budget movie. Yeah, that would be the biggest thing ever. But if you have a bad finale and then you come back with a movie, it's like uh, you kind of already had your chance. I agree. You, like I said, the finale is a fucking minefield. If you get it right, um, there's always going to be disgruntled people. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just uh, what else do you want to talk about? Well, let's do some uh, let's do some random notes. What do you what do you got written down there? Shit, I got a lot of a lot of stuff written down here, but. Um, I like the blood slide thing. I don't know how you feel like the killing part of the show and the whole ritual. That's like a big deal amongst Dexter fans. A lot of really, they talk about every detail and he shows pictures of the victims. So as a non fan, just watching this, like the actual ritual part, did you think it was cool? Or was it like, I actually didn't realize it was a ritual until you just said it out loud. And I, I realized that he cuts the face or whatever. Yes, he cuts the cheek of everybody, and then yeah. he takes a slide and puts it in the box. Oh, that's why. Yeah, he, he wants just like, to have it. He wants that's like his trophy. He wants the cheek blood. He wants cheek blood from <laughs> them uh, Yeah, I didn't realize that until you told me. But it, okay, that's, well, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so that was one note. Uh, I got a bunch of spoilers. I kind of told you, like, I'm I, I'll spoil mad shit because it is right. interesting, like. Uh, so if well, you don't want to hear spoilers, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we can tell people to chill for a couple minutes. And jump, jump ahead two minutes. I'll give you two minutes for spoilers. <laughs> All right. So at one point in the pilot, Lieutenant LaGuerta says, I'll catch you later to Dexter. She is the one who almost catches him. Okay. The ice truck killer is Dexter's biological brother who fucks Deb. If you fuck Deb, you die in this show. <laughs> Every dude that fucks that basically dies. Wait, who who plays his brother? Anybody that I would know? Um, he's a very familiar looking character actor, but I can't recall what's his, his name. What's his first head. name in the show? Oh my god! Let me caught me off guard with that one. I'll, I'll I just find know him, him as going. the ice truck. But yeah, so anyway, that's Dexter's real brother. Um, the guy who almost catches Dexter um, also fucks Devin dies. <laughs> Uh, ching Let's see what other good spoilers. Oh, Dokes dies. Um, Dexter's no. about to, <laughs> yeah, Dexter's about to kill him, and he blows up in an explosion. He's chained in a cage full of cocaine. <laughs> it's a pretty wild ending. Dexter gets mixed up with this crazy lady who blows up a building, or no, Dexter blows it up. But anyway, is, is it Harrison Morgan? Harrison Morgan is Dexter's son. Oh, okay. So okay. his brother has a different last name, I think, because he like uh, wasn't adopted and wasn't oh, gotcha. all fancy and shit. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and I think yeah, that that about does it for the spoiler notes I wrote down. But I'm I so I'm find... so upset that Dokes dies. Really? Because I hated that bastard. Oh, really? Because sec- I was like a big Dexter <laughs> fan, you know. I I loved him. He was my boy. And I'm like, I don't like this guy fucking with him. He can't get caught this early in the First series. First off, Julia Stiles is in this show. Yeah, she makes a little arc. Damn, and and John Lithgow—that's the big one, right? That's the big boy. Yeah, the Trinity Killer. What about Colin Hanks? Colin Hanks is another. He he and um, Edward James Almos are a tandem duo of a season-long like main villain arc. Damn, that's cool. I, I, it's, I it gets pretty really, cool. I really like Colin Hanks. You know, the weird thing is Dexter, as the seasons went on, the quality of the writing and the story production like kind of goes down. But the people they get and like the the stakes get heightened and the shit mm-hmm. that they choose to like go with. I, I, I always kind of liked it. I give the show a break. I know it's not fucking Breaking Bad or whatever, but. It seems, it's, uh, it seems like you know, it's pulpy and I, I do enjoy pulp. it's pulpy and it embraces itself at a certain point like. They realize, like, oh, this is how we're being perceived. So they kind of, like, play into it, I think, if that makes sense. Who is Detective Angel Bautista? Ah, uh, that's... He, um, is, he in the, is he in the first episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the Cuban dude with the goatee. Mm-hmm. It's a dude. Gotcha, okay. Gotcha. Um, and any other random notes? Well, Batista's really cool. The characters, like, um, Masuka and Batista. Later, there's a dude named Quinn... They, these like guys that help Dexter and Deb around the station, those characters get fully developed over eight seasons and they get their own little stories and shit. And those get pretty interesting. Not so much Masuka, but uh, Batista. 
Um, and that dude's a good actor too, David Zayas. He's been in a lot of weird shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, I uh, did. A, I named my first dog after Dexter. <laughs> really? I didn't know. But that. we only had him. Yeah, we only had him for like ninety days because he was bad. Oh. Did, you, <laughs> so did he? Did we he, had to re-adopt him out. Did he find a new home? He did. That's all that matters. Um. I thought, and, I thought you were gonna say no. He did it. <laughs> yeah, and I guess the only other random note I had was uh, music related. So for all you vinyl geeks out there, uh, <laughs> Dexter and Deb were married in real life. Whoa! And then after she divorced Michael C. Hall, Jennifer Carpenter married one of the Avit brothers. I, That's I, it. For random I have shit. a few notes. I, I like the uh, the dog attack. Um, I thought the staging was solid, how he like pulls that door shut out of nowhere. I thought that was really neat. Um, uh, no memory before the foster parents took him in. I thought that yeah. was uh, that was intriguing. That was a nice little toss in there, um, especially considering how pulpy it is. Like I said, that's a very pulp move, like lost memory. Um, the dad encouraging him, I thought was was surprising. And like being able to cover his tracks and kind of like turning him into a weapon for good, I thought they would just put him in a mental hospital and be done with it. But I guess not. He's very, very untraditional parenting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we learned more that Harry is a complicated man. Yeah. Uh, Deb posing as a hooker. I assume that is um, quite the setup for how much they probably sexualize her throughout the show. Yes. Uh, Margot Martindale again one of the most random TV appearances I've ever come across <laughs> only because she's pretty deep into her career at this point. And I don't know, just, it surprised me. And then, she, and then she's not in very many episodes, is she? Or is she in no, a ton of them? Not. She's, no, only, she's not in too many. She's only in six episodes from what I saw. And that's like, that's shocking given that she has screen time, five episodes and they're spread across three years. So that's shocking given how much, um, how she's kind of given like a special screen role, like she's going to be like a confidant. Of she it. is the gatekeeper to some pretty important shit. It's almost like the director knew her or she owed the director a favor. <laughs> yeah, like, that, I do get that vibe from this yeah. show. There's like some some weird-ass cameos. And but just like... In particular with her because it's such a minor role and she could obviously have done better. Yes, yes. Um, could have yeah. just been fun. Uh, making out with Rita was interesting. That's that was his quote. <laughs> There's a lot of little good one-liners that he had. Yeah, in the ending, he looks into the <coughs> he looks into the camera, which um, I thought was interesting. I, I didn't know they needed to blow their their fourth wall breaking load immediately. That was probably at the time 06, The Office was blowing up, so they were trying to do like a gym thing. <laughs> <laughs> they're like we need, we need to look in the camera dude everybody's doing it well i guess if, if you're like okay we're entering the anti-hero game but we have to go up against the sopranos and all these other shows like we got to do something different so yeah. i don't know maybe it was maybe that was like their approach or and maybe he's narrating maybe in, it too, yeah so. maybe that's in the novels i assume the narration's in the novels but it is, yeah. like the fourth wall thing was eh. Not a super huge fan of that. I like the fourth wall. Keep do that you, shit. Do you? I live in this real shitty world, you know? <laughs> Don't break it, Dexter. Don't uh, look at me. Uh, yeah, I think that is the quote, the killer is an artist, with that little smirk he gives. I thought that was really well played. And yeah, I think I think that's it for me. Oh, oh the, the solve rate of murders only being 20% again. These cops suck, man. They are not good. Like I think even the cops in the wire had a higher percentage than that, and they were going for ultra <laughs> ultra realism. Yeah, I mean this this show made me think about police a lot, and yeah. unfortunately, just our society and everything. And I <laughs> think the police. What do you think the solve rate is for CSI Miami? The murder solve rate, a hundred percent. Well, in that universe of TV, yes, <laughs> yeah. nothing goes unsolved, and everyone <laughs> takes about three days, I bet. Even like the show Unsolved Murders, I think there was like a show called like Unsolved Murders, where they go back through and they clean up that percent, those percentages. <laughs> so that's always a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. I wonder what the real percentage is. Do you think it's around twenty, or do you think it's lower? I bet you it's around twenty, twenty-five. Yeah, because one in five murderers are probably really dumb. 
they like leave the knife. Yeah, or, they like... fucking spit or like cut themselves <laughs> and bleed all over shit. Or like, they do something real, just dumb heat of the moment thing. They're not wrapping shit in plastic Dexter style. You're making me think of that uh, Dave Chappelle uh, bit. From... Oh, spr- sprinkle some crack on them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I. Yeah, everybody. I'll, I'll, I'll let smart. you have. I'll let you have the final thoughts on Dexter. So go ahead. Well, my final thoughts on Dexter are like, I guess I texted you that this was a Hall of Fame level, and I said no. You said I'm fuck sorry. you. You suck. No. <laughs> it would have been funnier if you just texted me like no. I but I, sh- I, I should I should have given it to you though because you gave me Friday Night Lights. Unless you really thought that was Hall of Fame level. I did. I did. I really liked that. It didn't make me want to watch the show just because there's too much show there and I already like the movie and I get it and I don't care. But um, I think it's a Hall of Fame series. I would encourage people that liked CSI and shit like that, if we have any of those in this audience, um, give give Dex a try. It's pretty pretty violent, but it's on Netflix. It's all there for you. There's a lot of themes like religion, not too much politics, a lot of sex. Um, much like everybody almost dies, everybody gets naked too. There's some, there's some male nudity in there too. I'm if into you're it. into that. Um, what about Dokes? Dokes doesn't get naked, but I think he does get shirtless when he's having a heat, heated exchange with Dexter at one point <laughs> in the cage. I believe he's pretty close to naked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love the title talk intro part of it where they show the food and the blood and the getting ready routine. And it's just a very, I don't know, this show just gets me in touch with a primal instinct that my boring ass suburban life is lacking Mm -hmm. and i feel like i lead a double or triple or even sometimes quadruple life so i can relate to dexter a little bit and i just love it i like the books i like the show i like mike c hall i'm glad i would say it was certainly it was in the conversation for hall of fame i think that uh it's very very well executed it's I think it's lacking a couple a couple things that would like push it into that upper echelon, but I don't think it was like a bad submission by any means to the Hall of Fame. I can't. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna go on to reviews unless you had something else. No, I just I guess it's hard to if you haven't seen the whole series and you don't like the pilot sets up so much and that's what makes it so good to me. But judging based. Without knowing all that shit, you can't say this is just a straight-up Hall of Fame pilot. But I do believe it is a Hall of Fame series. Okay. All right. Okay, so we do have some reviews. We're going to go to the Boston Globe first. It said, From its early shot of the moon in a pool of red, great shot, Dexter makes one thing loud and clear. It employs the most audacious set designers on TV right now. They illustrate this pulpy story of a serial killer who kills serial killers with a with a fetish, uh, fetish, almost pornographic glee. And I don't think they ignore any of the stark art deco potential of Miami where Dexter, which, where Dexter, which premieres tomorrow night at 10, takes place. The show rivals Nip Tuck in sheer perverse visual wit. This is what the New York Times said. Mr. Hall, and they always say Mr. and Mrs., by the way, on the New York Times for some reason, who played David Fisher. Crooked. On the, fucking crooked assholes. Who played David Fisher on the HBO series Six Feet Under is just as compelling in this part. Dexter is guarded but personable and understatedly charming around his friends and colleagues. He explains that his public persona, his pleasant public persona, is just an impersonation. People fake a lot of human interactions, but I feel like I fake them all. And I fake them very well, Dexter says. That's my burden, I guess. And I think I had one... Okay, Den of Geek, they had a negative review. I wanted to give one of those. And he said, Many of the characters, particularly the non-white ones, are walking racial stereotypes. Oh, Uh, shit. I I, (laughs) I guess we didn't pick up on that. (laughs) uh, I, I wouldn't agree with that, but defined with the broadest possible strokes and without any need because, you know, the racial profiling was pretty much sorted out when he cast the actors. The dialogue throughout was slightly stilted, but I was willing to go along with it until the unforgivable moment when Dexter gazes into a Krispy Kreme box and remarks that it's empty inside, like me. So apparently they did not yeah, like the pilot. That one was a that line was a little bit. Uh, it was it's a little cringy, but it's not. It, it it wouldn't like make it a negative review for me. 
Me either. That's lame. All right, so we've established that we hate Den of Geek. We uh, yeah, we got beef. Throw it down. <laughs> we got we got beef with Den of Geek, um, and we like the New York Times and how they say Mister and Mrs. That's about it. That's about all I got out of this episode. What about you? I mean, I, I got a lot. But <laughs> <coughs> all right, well, let's wrap it up. Of course, this is part of uh, we're calling it Murder Month. It's Lot, murder month. Lots of violence. It also happens to fall in December, which is excellent. Um, so while you guys are shopping for Christmas gifts, you can listen to us talk about super violent shows um, with a lot of blood and a lot of probably sex and um, good-looking actors and actresses. So we hope that you'll listen to us uh, while you're standing in line at Walmart and, uh, who knows, maybe buying Dexter on Blu-ray. Yeah, maybe or, if you're from 2009. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Download I, that shit. I, st- I still buy Blu-rays. Yeah, Blu-rays are cool. I'm just being a dick. You you are being a huge dick. Let's wrap this up. Grimes, thank you for joining me. Thank you, sir. I loved it. I love Dexter. I love murder. I'm enjoying this month already a lot. <laughs> uh, of course, go and subscribe to us on itunes you can find us by searching pilot study podcast we're also available at pilot study podcast at gmail.com um, if you have any suggestions for shows please send them over yes and on twitter we are at pilot study pod grimes what is your instagram my instagram is at grimes john twitter at underscore grimes john right. um facebook deactivated since november 8th can't, <laughs> can't take it oh <laughs> uh, okay Let's leave. One, let's one more. One more plug. Yeah. Modern-vinyl.com. There we go, baby. Shop. It's fucking Christmas. Hoodies, beanies, pins, <laughs> guns, holsters. Unfortunately, bullets. we only sell one of the things that you listed. <laughs> Make um, vinyl great again. Hats. It. Oh, that would that would been a great idea. And um, it's the gun that we sell. That's the one thing <laughs> yeah. you listed that we sell. It, Fully loaded. Fully loaded gun. Armor-piercing bullets coming in. So we don't fuck we, we don't this. we don't fuck around with any of that Walmart ammunition. <laughs> we're gonna leave you a preview of the next episode we're gonna do and we'll talk to you guys later. This is gonna happen again. Or it's happened before. Both. Go. Yeah. It's fantasy enactment. Ritual. Fetishization, iconography. This is his vision. Her body is a paraphilic love map. How's that? An attachment of physical lust to fantasies and practices forbidden by society. You dead from one of your books? You never know what show they're gonna talk about, but they're only gonna talk about the first one. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Oh, bummer.